you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. All right. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. I'm DJ Impact and I got all of the bad boys here with me. It's uh, good to see everyone. We even got our Simon Street back with us, so it's good to see you, brother. Uh, thank you, thank you. Yes, yes. We got our uh, three good topics that we're going to talk about tonight on our three counts. So let's just get right to it. Now, this first one comes, and this is a this is a, a different site. I it's not the normal site we normally go to, but uh, Goom. Hey, can, you, can you tell us who the author of this article was? GoombaStomp.com. Uh, From Mario or some shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Goombas. I got to hear you say this name and this author, brother. The, the author is uh, Tyler Bremley. Tyler Bremley? What? What's his name? No, dude, go further down. In it, like, Admanaputnan Pramadhatman. Yeah. Where, 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 where are you at? Right underneath Triple H. Yeah, right. Look, oh, we're not we're not on Triple H. Oh well, I'm just going off of what you gave me. Yes, yeah, seriously. You know, <laughs> there's yeah, and I didn't number them. I, it's, for it's, once, for it's, once, Simon Street is on it. It's all good. I didn't number it. <laughs> I wanted to start differently tonight, guys, but um, but we'll we will we we'll, okay. We'll, but what, yeah, where do we start with? So we're gonna start. Let's start with some of that Manhattra. <laughs> all right, Goomba Stomp. Dot com. Well, we're going to start there. And in this title, Are We Asking Too Much from Pro Wrestlers? All right, so this is where it goes. I'm just going to start off uh, reading the first paragraph, and then I'm going to jump to pretty much the main point. He says, The recent controversy regarding the closing moments of AEW Blood and Guts has brought up the questions, Are we asking too much from pro wrestlers? Think about it. They put their bodies on the line, often shortening their potential lifespan in the process all for entertainment, and some people still complain it isn't enough. Now, I'm going to jump down here to where it's titled The Present and Future. He says the biggest men title in AEW is currently held as of May 5th, 2021, episode of AEW Dynamite by Kenny Omega, who's considered by many to be the greatest wrestler in the world today. The best bout machine is not just the top of AEW, but is holding titles across multiple promotions. He may not be the biggest, may not be the best on the mic, but because he's dynamite in the ring, and pun intended, he's the top guy. This mindset is definitely a positive in the sense that, in the words of Randy Savage, the cream rises to the top. Now he says the problem is it gives wrestlers unrealistic expectations as they're always pushing harder and harder to get there. Though it's the fans supporting the more accomplished pro wrestlers which perpetuates this belief. We are, as a whole, asking too much from pro wrestlers today. 
He finished off by saying there's a fine line between constructive criticism and unrealistic expectation. Criticism is good when constructive. It helps push the industry further and weeds out the underlying underlying issues. Unrealistic expectations is when you're wanting something that cannot be fulfilled. We're conditioned to expect perfection because we've given such sublime pro wrestling over the past few years. So when anything goes in any way wrong or is considered unimpressive, it overshadows everything else, which is exactly what happened at the end of AEW Blood and Guts. So I'll go with you, Sin City Steve. He, he simply just asks, are we asking too much from our pro wrestlers? And he ties that in to how it ended with blood and guts. What would you say to that? I mean, I can't believe that I'm going to be agreeing with Tyler Bramley from Goombastomp.com. <laughs> uh-huh. Dude, I, Wait, I'm still trying really, to figure out where you get your sources. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, bro, if this is like this websites you get wrestling stories from, I really want to see your porn browser. <laughs> <laughs> that might really mess you up. Hello. <laughs> Actually, ironically enough, his top site he goes to for his porn is called Goomba Stop as well. <laughs> is is that like a different shape than a camel toe or something like that? What is that? Oh, my Lord. Anyway, question um, at hand. Mm-hmm. But guys, yeah, I so I I, I do think that we've kind of gotten, you know, we as fans have increased expectations in what we expect from those that are entertaining us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just in pro wrestling, but I think it's across the board. Um, everybody is always looking for the next thing that is going to shock them and surprise them. Um, there for a while, um, as the writer mentions. Um, the last few years, um, things have gotten complacent, or a lot, a lot of viewers have gotten complacent because of the monotony that we've seen on our TVs as it relates to pro wrestling. So, long story short, what we're seeing is we're we're seeing a bunch of men and women that are just doing as crazy shit as possible to try to stand out from the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, because when, when you have people and a lot of them that are scratching, clawing, trying to get to the top, because we are in an industry where they haven't really established a lot of new stars in the main promotion in professional wrestling. Um, now they have turned the corner. They are starting to build new stars. Um, so that's a great thing, but there for a while, um, it, it it was it was almost like as if things were in slow motion mm-hmm. um almost like as if the pause button was pressed um and now it's almost like as if they're trying to make up for lo- lost time um and professional wrestling has become and is becoming a continual progression of can you top this and i think that that ultimately can be a career ender or even worse for somebody if something goes wrong. And that is the occasion that I fear and I dread the most. All right, let me ask you, um, let me jump over to you, uh, Matt Michaels. Um, If you remove the spot of 
how it ended with uh, Jericho and MJF. And if you re, if you take away the three spots that Sammy Guevara, uh, Guevara had during the match, if you just were to take those, so everything else that happened within that 35-minute or so match, would you have said that overall that was a good match that you saw from Blood and Guts on that particular segment? Just the overall wrestling that you saw performance in the ring, would you say? Uh no. Right. I'm not. I, I wasn't okay. a fan of. I wasn't a fan of match. And it. It. Um. Again, I think there was. Uh, for me, there was a little just pointless bloodletting. Um. You know the reason, and the reason why I asked that, the reason why I specifically said it, because the article speaks of unrealistic expectations. They saying that fans are looking for, and I think if the fans, let me put it this way: if the match would, if the match was great, but still Jericho had that fall that he had that didn't, that wasn't great. I think people still would have been excited overall for the match, but the the whole match as a whole still wasn't good, and then the finisher ended up still not being something as great. So maybe the fans' realistic was that they just wasn't really, it just wasn't coming off good. That's all I'm, I, I was trying to point to that. I just wanted to know your thoughts. No, no, no. You know, that's that's actually a, a valid way to look at it, a, a good mm-hmm. way to look at it as well. Um, I think that, okay, so the first mistake they made, other than, let's take out the camera angles, okay? Mm-hmm. So the first mistake they made was having announcers try to make it seem like that was concrete. Right. By doing that, what you subconsciously did was insult the fans' intelligence, which therefore the fans are going to get pissed. Right. Um, so that's that's your first mistake. Um, we've seen these falls ever since. And, and again... You know what everyone brings up Foley in King of the Ring 98. And ever since then, people do take tumbles from the top of the cage. Right. But remember, what happened in that match was twofold. One, yes, they planned on doing that spot. But Mick hit that table so hard. And by the way, he hit a table, people. Let's not forget that. He didn't just hit fucking concrete or else he would have been dead. Okay. <laughs> right. Let's let's be realistic. Yeah. So and then this spot that could have even more so actually paralyzed him or killed him was the fact that the cage gave way when under when the Undertaker choke slammed him. Mm-hmm. So for years now, all we've been seeing are crash pad landings, essentially. Or like uh, Shane at WrestleMania on The Undertaker, you're hitting a target. You're hitting a body, something like that. So what you're doing here is you're you're essentially, um, you're asking the fans to buy into this bump. Now, the problem is you're asking the fans to buy into a bump. You know what makes good wrestling? You know what makes good movies? You ask the fans to buy into the story mm, mm-hmm. you don't need that fucking bump right it's as simple as that you know what if mjf would have had him close to that fucking edge 
and Jericho would have is now this is another thing. Why did Jericho not quit? Is it just because of his ego? Because realistically, the smart thing to have done, being that ravished and being that close to the edge of a cage, mm. is to fucking quit, to yeah. throw it in. And you know what? That could have also made for great, great heat between Sammy and the, you know, and Jericho. And maybe this is your eventual door to take Jericho into his own you mm -hmm. know it, it leaves more options but have have jericho quit and then have mjf really look at him like he's gonna fucking just throw him off and instead just gives him a big kiss on the forehead and then climbs down fans would have been pissed fans would have been pissed because mm -hmm. jericho quit they thought they were going to see him fall off the edge of that cage and nothing happened better storytelling because then mjf could come back now when you do a fresh interview on next wednesday listen he's such a fucking scaredy cat that all of you thought that i was going to do this to him why should i please you guys why should i please you guys i knew this guy was chicken shit from the beginning all i needed to do was get him in a position where he was going to be my bitch and yes we've been using that word in wrestling a lot yeah <laughs> so that's it yeah. quite honestly and the reason that i didn't like the match was because <clears throat> in the end the storytelling of everything that happened in the cage mm -hmm. got lost right you know so that's the most frustrating part because now can you tell me where this leaves the inner circle versus the pinnacle because nothing seems to have now been decided yeah so let me jump over to you uh uh simon street and i don't know if you watch blood and guts but maybe we can get your uh opinion on this the author just clearly asks are we asking too much from pro wrestlers and he's time he's he's asking this because of how it ended and apparently you know we talked about it in in wrestling talk um, on our show. The fact that the guys even bled a lot. We talked about Matt Michaels mentioned pints of blood. These guys were so they're they're doing they're doing a lot, okay, and they're doing it because of, uh, apparently that's something that the fans really really want to see uh, from you know their beliefs. But the question really comes down to going back to what he's asking us. Are we asking for too much from them? Are we really looking for them to to do uh for Taker to do what he did to uh was it, uh mankind? Are we asking for that? Or are we just asking for just good overall wrestling storytelling and you know with the a performance of making everything look as real as possible? Um you know, to be completely honest with you, to answer your question, yes, it's never going to be enough. But that doesn't do so much more because of current events. It has a lot to do with, uh, you know, say, if you will, kind of a part of our DNA. Uh, let's go back. Be, let's go back like three, 310 B.C. Roman Empire, Coliseum, you know, 
we would love seeing gladiators tear each other limb from limb, be chased by lions and freaking rhinos, you know, reenactment of ship battles, you know, just, just, just for entertainment, purely to see people bleed and die ultimately. I mean, you go back even more years in the last, what, 200, 300 years, even most recently, blood sports, cockfighting, dogfighting, you know, uh, you know, even back during slavery, Mandico fighting, you know, people love to see blood guts. It's in our DNA as human beings. We just love it. And I think that where wrestling kind of is right now, I think you, you're able to see some of that. And because you, 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 you tore away uh, a little bit of the veil, would you say, of, you know, you know, let's, let's everybody bleed like Ric Flair, you know, we want more, you know, um, but I do agree with Matt, there are more creative ways to kind of, you know, with your storytelling to kind of draw people in to where we're not having to do that, because ultimately, as the article did say, uh, ultimately, the wrestlers are paying the price, you know, um, with that whole, uh, you know, what, what happened with Mick Foley, he got lucky when he went through that cage and he gave way, he got fucking lucky. Um, there's probably other spots. In fact, every spot, I'll be bold enough to say every spot, there is a small percentage chance that something can go wrong. It could be a slip on top of the rope. It could be one small couple of inches off from where you're supposed to go. And you could have a pretty bad injury that could last you a lifetime. So you're playing with fire. Um, us as fans, um, I don't think it's ever going to be enough, unfortunately, for the most of us. And that's something that the wrestling industry is going to have to face. They're going to have to figure out and be more tactical uh, with what they're doing now. But the only thing I will say in hindsight, because I did see as much as I could of letting guts, is unlike WWE that claims to have extreme rules. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shit. They promised on the title of their fucking pay-per-view. <laughs> there was a lot of blood. I didn't see no guts, but I saw exactly. lots of blood. I'm so glad you said that because I was just thinking that thought, and that you you titled the 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 um, the match the night, blood and guts, and it seems like the fans were pissed that they didn't see guts. How were they going to do that? I mean, guts was just being in the goddamn match. But that's what I'm saying. I'm saying is is that, you know, the idea that they want to see Chris Jericho or anyone fall that that high and hit concrete ground Mm -hmm. is saying that they literally want to see someone's fucking brain splatter (laughs) out on goddamn concrete right you know um another great uh there there was a sub article on there that really made a very good point and that is uh someone had tweeted um something uh like the extent of aw fans matt hardy falls and hits his head and uh, you guys did nothing about it. How horrible and awful are you people? AEW fans. Chris Jericho hit cardboard. Why didn't he hit the concrete? So, <laughs> But I will. Yeah. I, Go ahead, Simon. I will say this because, um, you know, I was kind of searching through the Internet and everything as, you know, after it kind of happened. And I think the reason why some people did have a problem maybe, and maybe you guys got the same wind of it, is just it looked a little tacky. You know what I mean? Oh, without a doubt. You know, and 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 I think that if they're being honest, that's why they're kind of like, uh, you know what I mean? 
it, it probably would have been better if he got thrown off and they did like a turn away. The camera yes, turned away, maybe. So I don't know. Shane had a what was it? Was it the hell? It was a hell in a cell um, with Taker that he had that he did that jump off. That was, was that okay. The elbow drop. Right, elbow, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> when you see him that far and you know what Shane's by, we already know when he's up there. We already know what's going to happen. <laughs> and you know that more likely that Taker was going to move. So you're going to go on, you know, you're going to hit that table, you know, and that's your crash pad is that table. And you're very far. That is a totally different situation you're looking at because you really feel for him than how you see really in in, the, in that particular situation. When you see when uh, Jericho hit, you go, oh, this guy is just, he's okay and safe. And that was, that was, that was easy. There was nothing to it. You see, when, when, when you saw, right, when you seen Shane hit that, you're going, fuck, is he really okay? You know, it's, I guess what, it, and, and it's not, I guess what I'm saying is, is, you know, you, we all, we, we all know that the, that, we all have to be in the world of, of, of disbelief when we're watching this and, and, and knowing and hoping that, that these guys are going to be okay. But we, but at the same time, we want to believe, dude, this is crazy. He may really, really, really hurt himself, you know? And in that case with, with, in Jericho, it clearly, I guess, showed that. Let me, let me ask you. It wasn't this, that. I, you, you said words that really just kind of, for the first time kind of made me go hmm because i had a question my own self on this mm -hmm. is it that you're thinking he really could hurt himself or are you thinking i hope he doesn't hurt himself that's a good point <clears throat> because that's if you look people. at it yeah and if you look at it in those terms mm -hmm. guess what no one fucking wins because it's 50 50 right so it literally is a situation it's two sides of the coin and like i said the biggest problem is that if you're not doing anything to really make it a compelling story because at that point there's no reason for him to push him off to be honest right Right, exactly. No yeah. So, but in in the regards of Taker versus Shane, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. Shane's still trying to win that match. Right. So, yeah. There's something still at stake. Sure. At right. this point, Sammy Guevara quitting right. has put all stakes off. That's true. Yeah. Good point. So, the next problem they had, though, is that, so the announcers. I think actually said Jericho's unconscious or at least we're alluding to that. Now you're showing that people are around Jericho and his eyes are open. He's kind of talking to him. And he's smiling. Right. Yeah. <laughs> smiling so, like the biggest shit eating grin he's right. ever given. Like yeah. that was fun. I want to do that again. Can I, can I go back up and do that again, please? Now I see why Shane does this every match. <laughs> Sure. He probably he he just probably loves the reaction of everybody afterwards. I mean, you know. Yeah. Now, yeah. obviously, I mean, the, the thing to keep in mind is that and I had mentioned this uh, when we covered this match during wrestling talk, but I don't I highly doubt that AEW fans or anybody watching 
really wanted Jericho to hit concrete or metal or whatever it actually was. A large number of fans were more so upset, as Simon had mentioned, about the camera angle and about the way that, you know, the way that it came across on TV. Yeah. Um, That is, that's been the biggest pet peeve and the, the source for most of the critique that I've seen. Um, the thing that was most frustrating is once they showed replays after the spot had occurred, they showed replays from four different camera angles, I believe it was. Yeah. And the camera angle that they were on for the spot live was no joke, the worst of the four camera angles that they could have been on. And that is which is the weird because that's you, more frustration for a lot of people. You I mean, at this point, you you should, as I guess, as a camera operator, kind of should know how you're supposed to film what you're trying to film. You but should. You gotta, it should not. be a wide shot. It should be a wide shot. If you're gonna have someone, no, fall, no, I mean, that's no, just no. my opinion. No, not a wide shot. You want it up close? No, you don't. You don't show it. Well, yeah, the turn away is one thing, but I, I'm saying like the one thing remind me of Undertaker and um, and uh, Foley. It, that that was more of a memorable memorable shot it was a wider shot and so when he went and not not when he went through the cage but when he went off the side that looked a lot better than even when you saw it kind of like but, at an angle but remember that shot wasn't the actual shot for the yeah, that's true i think that was a fan or something right or something like that or no, 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 i'm saying was though, that? I, i'm saying though when you saw that actual wide shot mm-hmm. that was after the fact Oh, that's what you're saying. So it wasn't part of the original production or whatever? Right. We see him gotcha. literally from here throw him up. Yeah. So, yeah. so essentially, you know, the, the thing is with, you know, this idea, they're not, th- this crew was not wrestling camera operators, right? This is all TNT, TNT's group. So they're getting, you know, used to it, year and a half. They should be kind of used to it. But something like this, as this big, it's up to your director to figure out how the fuck this thing works. And my frustration is the fact that you shot all those matches, you know, the day or so before, whenever that was. So that was all in the camp. So why during that day was the thing not fucking plotted out meticulously so that this wouldn't even be an issue? You know, I do have one other question. Do you think that, and maybe not just particularly for this spot right here that we saw, you know, uh, but for other spots in general, do you think, is the spot better for the live audience? More for the live audience and what their reaction is and what their vantage points are? Or is it more for television? And are they, you know, do they correlate the same for anybody? So, So in other words, how many of us have been to a live event Saw like a, a a high spot like that, okay, and then we watched it later on TV, and it's like, damn man, live that seemed a lot better to me, or vice versa, to where you saw it on TV, that looked a lot cooler seeing it on TV versus yeah. when it was live. You, the it's a simple answer. Pro wrestling is a television product. Yeah, there there are not millions of people sitting in the the arena, so that's no, true. Yeah, no, if if they're tailing for their arena. Well, then they already fucked their fans by only giving them one match. So, you know, they don't care about the fucking in the, the crowd inside doesn't matter as much as as your TV. It, it's as simple as this. 
when cockiness and arrogance meets unpreparation on all sides, you're fucked. And that's what it comes down to. It's one thing that leads us from talking away from the actual match, the actual story, the actual kudos these guys should be getting for going in there and doing all of this. It's set up on, like our society is, what I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Without a doubt. All it right. almost makes you wonder that that classic line from the movie Gladiator. Are you not entertained? Is this not what you came for? That's what I think of when you have selfish ass people that, you know, they, they put their life's work in that ring and you walk away dissatisfied. If only if you knew. Well, yep. well, five people wanted their refund and hopefully they got it. All right. Fuck them. Let's Fuck move them. They over. Stick those five up their ass. <laughs> Let's move over into our second count from EssentiallySports.com. And yes, it was uh, written by Aditya Pran Mahata. You, you copied off of me. That's no fair. I gave you the, gave you the answer. For oh, the okay. Time. Okay. All right. How do you say his first name? Um, Aditya. There's no K in there. It's A-D-I-T-Y-A. Where, where did you get K it's from? It's like you said Adika. Did you I, say Adika? I did not say Okay. Anyway, it's titled, Was Triple H Overrated in WWE? And Pro Wrestling Analyst gives his uh, verdict. So uh, he talks about an interview that was on a podcast. And, and Bret Hart had mentioned saying that there's always some guys you know that no matter what they do with them, you always wonder how they got there. And I never thought Triple H ever had an idea, original idea for anything. I always thought he was overrated. The reason people even know him or remember him today is because daddy or daddy-in-law put him over. Um, and then the, uh, and then the author says that, um, that what the hitman meant by this is that Vince McMahon had a huge part of boosting the game's career and, and, and overall success. Then when it comes to speaking on the matter, Jim Cornette on his podcast, he said, look, he was a good worker. He was in shape. And even though the DX stuff and the whole curtain call and the whole nine yards and exposing the business and et cetera, I mean, my God, he was as serious as a heart attack compared to the people you see these days. And he did study the business and he does have a mind for it. And obviously, besides the fact that he, you know, was very serendipitous in his romantic entanglement, he also worked at a high level in a variety of positions there. And just to kind of elaborate on that, it says that Jim stated that Triple H meant more behind the scenes and in the business than he ever did to him in the ring. And Cornette clarified that this did not make Triple H a bad talent, but just want, but just not one of the all-time great. So here we go. The discussion. I'll, I'll start with you this time, uh, Simon Street. Was Triple H overrated in WWE? I mean, according to... Uh, Brett Ted Manhart, uh, yeah, he was. And according to Cornette, hey, he was a good worker, but he wasn't the greatest of all time. What do you say to that? First off, I wish that we could show a picture of this article, how they showed the, the salt girl with the umbrella. They put the hitman with the salt. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Brett the Hitman Hart, I have, I have heard other interviews in the past just with Brett. And this is part of his personality. And they did say it in the interview as well. But he does, I don't know what the word is called for people that kind of take accomplishments of others. And they're like, nah, 
whatever. It, you know, I don't understand why people think of that. I don't know what that's called. Is that like a snob or something like that? I don't know. But Brett does that quite often, I've noticed. So it didn't surprise me what his remarks were mm-hmm. with regards to Triple H. Do I think that Triple H is overrated? No. Uh, do I think that if you look at when Triple H debuted, what was it, like 95 when Triple H debuted in WWE? Brett debuted in what? The early 80s? Brett retired technically from wrestling in general in 2000? So, of course, you're going to feel a little bit some kind of way and not understand the next generation coming up, per se, and the moves that he's making. That's kind of my opinion on why Brett said what he was said. As far as uh, Cornette, motherfucker, um, it's one of those things to where, yes, he's very invaluable backstage and obviously in what the wrestling product looks like, particularly on NXT. Um, he made a great career, I feel. I mean, there's so many memories that I have that if you took out and plucked out Triple H or Hunter Hearst Helmsley out of them, particularly when he did Triple H the game, uh, it would be weird uh, as far as me growing up watching the WWE product. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, you think about it for a second, guys. If you took out like literally Thanos snapped and just said, I only want Triple H out of the WWE universe during the Attitude Era, or not Attitude Era, but during Attitude Era going into the Aggression Era. Would that have made a difference? For me, yes. It'd have been weird. And so I think that he's not overrated. I think All right. he's, you know. Let me jump over to you then, uh, Sin City. I mean, point blank, is he overrated? According to two folks here, they say, uh, yeah, I mean, probably. It's a little overrated. No, I honestly I think that. Um, and again, we are talking there about were his wrestling definitely career. Definitely some issues, mm-hmm. um, like with promos and you know the the long winded promos that he would cut um, mm-hmm. when he was kind of running with the ball. But I think that his contributions to the ring over the years have been um, have been well documented, um, both the good contributions and the bad contributions. Um, so it's, I don't feel that he's overrated, um, as much as there's an issue with Bret Hart and Triple H and there has been for a very, very long time. Um, there's the, um, there's the, the infamous quote that Bret gave to Triple H, um, saying that he always thought that Triple H, uh, was a mediocre worker and never saw, um, never saw a match from triple H that was more than a four out of 10 for him. So, I mean, he, he definitely, you know, he's got it. He's got his feelings toward triple H. Um, I think that, I think triple H took the ball and ran with it during a time period where, you know, he, he, uh, he, he definitely helped to bridge a gap. Um, and, he served his purpose. He played a role. Um, was he the best worker of all time? No. Um, but I do think that his contributions are better behind the scenes, uh, namely with NXT and everything that he has done and will do with that brand um, than what he did inside of the ring. And that says something. I mean, you know, Triple H is what a 13 time champion, I believe it is. Um, it, it, so, I mean, the guy, the guy was the, the standard bearer for a while, um, within that company, like it or not, but 
behind the scenes is where he is the true asset. So I honestly, it, it, it doesn't really mean much to me as far as a worker. That is all subjective. That it, You can ask Dave Meltzer. You can ask Wade Keller. You can ask any, any pro wrestling journalist, and they're probably all going to give you different answers mm-hmm. um, because that, you know, who, who, who is the best according to so-and-so is going to be different from person to person. Just like how if we were to go down the line and say who had the most contribution in ring in their active career, I can almost guarantee that we would all say somebody different. Yeah. So Matt Michaels, um, Cornette was later saying, uh, quoted saying, look, I I, kind of see with Brett, Triple H was not over at the level that Brett was in the ring as a star internationally or domestically. So Brett could still look down at him on that, but there probably is a little saltiness because, you know, Brett's like this guy, which is what was talked about earlier. I'll stop there. But let me ask you this. All the accomplishments that you would give Triple H that he had during the time of his career wrestling, would you say that he would have that without having the push or the support of what Brett quote saying from daddy, uh, dad-in-law pushing him to that level, which maybe others didn't get the opportunity to have, so, yeah, you could give him all those accomplishments, but it, if it coming from the top, giving you that, when other people who didn't have that made those same accomplishments, uh, does, would that then make, possibly make Triple H overrated? What, what would your take on that? Yeah, I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Okay. Straight up. That's fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> for anyone to suggest that Hunter Hearst Helmsley, that Paul Levesque is in his position because Vince McMahon pushed him because he's the son-in-law. Those people are jealous fucks. Mm. Don't fucking understand what it takes. And I'm sorry, Bret Hart can go fuck off. (laughs) Seriously. Seriously. Because you know what? Bret Hart has always been pissed off at the fact that there was a click and he always felt that he was pushed out because these guys were in tight with Vince. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Bret Hart, if you go back and you watch Bret Hart, his shit is now very boring to watch. Mm -hmm. It really is. It's really tough. You know, also, you know who Bret Hart was wrestling in 1995, Bob Backlund. He was wrestling Jerry the King Lawler and mm-hmm. Kiss My Foot matches. Okay? <laughs> so Bret Hart could go fuck off. You know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that Hunter was over because him and Sean got the DX thing over. And then when Sean had to leave because of the injury, guess what? Hunter got DX over with Road Tug and Billy Gunn, who were two floundering fucks <laughs> who weren't doing shit in mm-hmm. their careers. Mm-hmm. And he made them fucking Hall of Famers. 
and X-Pac, who X-Pac was relegated to stealing fucking belts from the other cruiserweights in WCW. That I mean, that's it. That's 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 what he had. And he also had China. And guess what? His relationship was with China. Okay? So if you're going to say that Vince was pushing Hunter because he was his son-in-law, guess what? He wasn't even fucking Stephanie at that point when he became a fucking big star in the game. So this is bullshit, bullshit, and more bullshit. Jim Cornette is only 25% bullshit because... He's giving the credit to, to some extent. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is that you're going to say that, yeah, Brett was over internationally. Sure. And you know what? The WWE put more stake at that time into their international shows into guys like Brett because of the fact that there wasn't as much TV coverage back then. Mm-hmm. And guess what? When guys like Hunter and Austin and Foley and all those guys in The Rock, guess what? the production expanded and so internationally it was a smaller pond that brett was swimming in Mm -hmm. but ever since you know i'm sorry hunter is one of the best workers from that age of 1995 to 2010 let's say in that you know in that gap he is one of the best workers no doubt and you know you don't have to be you know fucking dave Meltzer or wade keller or any of these guys who the fuck cares what they think it's the fan what you didn't know they're prophets they're prophets everything all right let's move over to our third count and this is just a fun one uh from wrestling news.co is titled mjf is leaving the door open for a jump to wwe and it's one of the things that he uh, was quote saying uh, with the an interview with Steel Chair Magazine. He said, "Look, don't get me wrong. AEW runs deep in me, and I don't want to leave. But I am a businessman at the end of the day, and I can't help myself. If somebody's got an offer for me, I'm going to listen to it." So just gonna go ahead and throw it out there. I mean, this already uh, is self-explanatory. It makes enough sense. But uh, I go to you, Sin City, being that you were uh, definitely Mr. AEW. Uh, MJF. I mean, is, can we almost say that there's no doubt that there is a that at some point we will see him uh, inside of a WWE ring? Really. I mean, realistically, for for you to to phrase that like the way that you did, uh, is very interesting to me. Um, he's he simply said that he's going to listen. He's going to listen to offers, and then for him to listen to offers suddenly means, according to the logic that you're using, that it's inevitable. It's going to happen. As the host, really? I am asking the questions, and I'm I'm asking I know, my I analysts. I'm, I'm giving you the reply. Yeah. I, I I think I think that 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 line of questioning is off base. But no, I don't I don't think that it's inevitable by any means. Um, I think that MJF is a very very intelligent man. Uh, he's 23 years of age, 24 years of age. He literally has his entire career ahead of him. Um, so who knows? 
Um, for all we know, AEW could go out of business before his career is over. For all we know, WWE, as we know it, could go out of business before his career is over. There's no way to know until it actually happens. Um, but, you know, to to take that, I, I think that that's just a little bit too much of a leap. Um, and quite frankly, I think that he is he's smart to take that type of a that type of a stance because it does leave the door open. Um, if he, if he comes right out and says, Oh yeah, I'm never going to go to WWE. They can suck it again. He's 24 years old. He's shutting that door right now. And he hasn't his entire career ahead of him. I don't, I don't think that that's the case at all. Okay. So Matt Michaels, how many years do you give him before he shows up in a WWE ring? When's his contract up? Um, Oh yeah, yeah. Cry, Steve. You get Leave it to the WWE no. maximalist. That's all I'm gonna say. No, you know what? I, no, it, I'm, and I'm not talking about you, Matt. It, 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 no, it 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 really comes down to one simple thing, and that is read the article, read the interview. He's playing because that he's going to go with his guys the you know the pinnacle guys right now if you're um any bit of a person who's ever realized that the pinnacles combined of three guys who left the wwe <laughs> because they were disgruntled <laughs> and right. used yeah um you know it'd be great to see those guys come back because yeah that's gonna happen um, no, you know what? It comes down to contract timing. It comes down to what kind of deals on the table. This is just pure bullshit speculation. And MJF is a guy who plays a fucking part. He's a smart guy. The other thing that is bigger than anything else is the honest answer. And that is the first person who jumps is most likely uh, Warlow because he is someone that I don't think AEW will find enough value in to give him a bigger contract where I think the WWE will simply because of his look. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I think, you know, uh, that's, that's the lead in. And um, quite honestly, not knowing MJF's career aspirations um and as you said, who knows what the situation will be with wrestling in general and, you know, the next decade. But the honest truth is, if you want to be in this business, the reason you get in is because you want to main event WrestleMania. So if he has an aspiration, he's going to give it a shot. That's it. Simon Straight look is 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 he going to show up on NXT or he's going to go straight to the Raw or SmackDown brand? Well, the simple. I'm sorry. Let me give you. Answer. Let me give you the real question. I'm just. I've really just been fucking with Steve. Because you're a WWE uh, maxim. What do you call him? A maximalist. WWE maximalist. Maximalist. Um, Maximize that torque. <laughs> WWE Maxi's over here. Oh my God, no! Um, by, by the way, really quick, really quick. Yeah, sure. You do realize that his first initial is M, his last initial is uh, F, which stands for Monday and Friday. 
Oh my god, that's a stretch. <laughs> or it could stand for motherfucker. Oh, that's true too. There you go. All right, Simon Street. What's your take on this, though? Where do where do you see um, how this is, uh, you know, playing at the moment? Look, look, look. Let me just break it down real quick. Yes. Okay. If MJF is ever as smart as man as he knows he needs to be, don't even touch WWE or listen until Vince McMahon is RIP. Because Vince McMahon would not know how to maximize or utilize MJF in a WWE landscape if God had a contract, hey, Vince, I'll give you an extra fucking 10 years of life. He still wouldn't do it because Vince don't operate like, and that's why I'm glad yeah, Michael don't said. Talk to God. He don't talk to God. He deals with only one thing, and that's the devil. But real talk, like like Michael said, Wardlow would be somebody that would, on the opposite, would benefit twenty times better because that's how Vince Vince know how to use that motherfucker. He probably watches tape of his ass. Now he doesn't watch tape, but if he saw a tape of his ass, he'd be like, man. I got to get him. Everybody's got a price. Tell Ted DiBiase, what's his price? Whatever the hell he's got to do, because that's his shit. MJF. And then, first, and then the first day he'd see him backstage, he'd be like, Roman, how are you doing today? <laughs> <laughs> he sure the hell would. But uh, real talk, MJF right now, best place to be. That company pretty soon is going to be making some big moves. to. Well, they're already doing it now to build that company around your ass. They're going to be a lot of salty people like Bret Hart and what we talked about earlier in that company because they're going to have to get in the back of the line or behind MJF. Stay there, build up your stock, build up your worth. And when Vince goes RIP, then I would start listening in because then some people are going to, are going to appreciate you in a WWE landscape because Michaels is correct. If you're going to get into this wrestling business, for the most part, and you're within a certain age range, I don't know about maybe the next 10 years, you're gonna want a, a, a main event WrestleMania. That's just that's just the dream because all of us grew up watching WWE as a main product. Now I don't know what it'll be in the next 10, 15 years. Maybe different of the aspirations and whatnot of younger talent. But for right now, you know that's on his mind. All right. Well, that's our three count, guys. Thanks. Uh, thank you for all of that. And we thank everyone for listening. We're going to give our uh, final thoughts here as we kick off another week of exciting wrestling and everything else that's going on in the world. So, Simon Street, what do you want to tell the people out there? Uh, Everybody, thank you so much for uh, tuning in and um, listening in and supporting us. We appreciate it. Um, I know, as we said before, um, I had a very fun weekend. I got a chance to go to uh, an FSW show, took Ah. my son. It was his first live event. Okay. And boy, he popped and he loves him some, uh, you know, uh, lights, camera, faction. So we had some things to talk about a little bit. Okay. Um, he booed the shadow of Sandra Moon. I don't know what his mind is on, uh, but we had a fun time. And, uh, you know, if you're here in Vegas, please go out and support. Um, as I was telling him, he saw, and this is new eyes. He said, who are those people up there on the, uh, the uh, what you call it up there on the Raptors. So I point each one and surprisingly enough, I got the Chris Bay. When I said Chris Bay, there was something happening and, you know, somebody showed up and uh, it was pretty interesting. So, you know, for the most part, like I said, go out and in, 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 in support 
all of your local wrestlers. I don't want to give too much away because you can watch it on TV. Matt Michaels, that's why you're giving me that weird look. But it was an awesome show. Great weekend. Thank you so much. Yeah, no doubt. And if you want to know more about uh, FSW, Future Stars of Wrestling, if you're listening to this podcast right now, that means you're listening to it because more likely it dropped on Tuesday. And the following day, Wednesday, is the DeFalco file. So you get a chance to hear from the actual owner of Future Stars of Wrestling. And um, and there's really a lot of good topics and stories there. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about that later with uh, Matt. But uh, Sin City, what do you want to tell the good folks out there? Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you for um, being in the chat, liking, sharing, subscribing, hanging out with us. And uh, we do this for you. So again, thank you. Uh, special shout out to every brave man and woman serving this country on lands, both foreign and domestic. Thank you for what you do. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do this. And last, but certainly not least, repsports.com, reppsports.com. Go there for all of your pre-workout, weight loss, and general energy needs. REPPsports.com, promo code Vegas at checkout. Save yourself 15%. Awesome. Thank you, Sin City. All right, Matt Michaels, over to you, man. And, um, hey, man, your your interviews with, uh, with Joe DeFalco from FSW are just awesome. So we thank you for continuing to do those shows and getting a lot of good reviews on it and it is also great to see Joe up and running. You know, um, Simon Street got a chance to attend the show. Um, I know he's going to be running uh, uh, a show this weekend. Uh, hopefully, we'll try to – I'll try to right. make that. You guys actually may actually be there. But um, just tell us, man. Um, you know, I, I usually don't have you talk on anything specific on your final thoughts. But just, you know, what you see happening with FSW. Are you just, are you just excited for what you've just been seeing and what you've been hearing from Joe? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of the um, one of the big things, uh, like you said, uh, this weekend um, on Friday, um, they're uh, running a show called "Changing the Game." Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey Lamar versus Leo Rush will be on that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the show we'll have other um, you know matches with um, the FSW stars. Uh, we'll talk about that on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, but um, the reason it's called Changing the Game is because the next night on Saturday, uh, Game Changing Wrestling, GCW, is here. Oh, so, okay. Uh, yeah. All and, right. uh, and Leo Rush is on that card. Okay. Uh, you know, along with, uh, you know, the other guys uh, from GCW. Um, and is that also so, going to be at the FSW Arena? No, that is not. Okay. Um, okay. I believe... Um, I, I, I'm not positive. It's okay. But, we can, when we uh, find out, we can post it or so. Yeah. I believe that might, it might be at, um, possibly the Boulevard mall. They might be using uh versus rain. Oh, okay. uh, I'm not positive. Sure. Exactly. Um, uh, because amazingly enough, there's a lot of fucking wrestling going on in this town. <laughs> I know. Over right? the mm-hmm. few months. Sure. Um, just learned, uh, the uh cannabis um convention that goes on here uh in two weeks mm-hmm. um will actually have um the uh, company that does oh god i can't remember the name because i smoked too much pot but <laughs> uh, up in northern california um you know they they run the marijuana based uh, wrestling shows and i okay uh i know uh 
I believe it's uh, Jordan Cruz taking on, I think it's Jordan Cruz uh, versus Calder McCoy or McCall, mm-hmm. which is going to be one of the matches on that show. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going down, including uh, here in uh, Vegas on uh, June 26th, um, Big Valley Wrestling is going to be running a uh, fundraiser mm-hmm. at the uh, L- uh, the LBGTQ Center of Southern Nevada. Um, it's going to be uh, uh, bell time at 7 o'clock. Uh, you can get tickets through Eventbrite. Uh, General Missions 20. First row is $30. Uh, VIP is $40. It's a front row, mm-hmm. signed poster, and a meet and greet. Nice. Um, it's, again, for a great cause. Um, and um, Effie is going to be on that show, and uh, we are the official sponsors of Effie for that show. Yes. So awesome. uh, please, uh, guys, check that out. Yes. Uh, if you're in town, um, you know, let's sell it out. Let's you know? do it. Let's 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 sell it out because uh, it's a very very. Um, important cause um especially here in nevada um we're having you know we're having an increase of a lot of uh young teenagers early 20 kids uh who um just you know have no place to go when they end up on the streets and um they definitely need some support um for you know being able to uh uh, be put in a position that uh you know unfortunate for them that uh they couldn't be who they were around family and um you know end up uh in bad positions um because yeah. of uh that bias so uh yeah you know, it's it's something that uh, not only is supporting wrestling but you're supporting uh you know the community as well so um, sure please uh, check that out Definitely check that out and continue to check us out as well on all of our podcasts where we have uh, lots of podcasts that we have done uh, over the past three years. So take a look at our catalog and uh, just browse through, see if any of those interviews are uh, are of any interest, uh, any of those shows. I'm I'm sure you will um, you will be entertained by whichever one you decide uh, to listen to. So we thank all of you for hanging out with us. We also thank you for, uh, you know, also your contributions as well uh, that you do. You can, if you want to contribute from our from your cash app, little money sign Vegas Bad Boys with a Z, and uh, any donation you give goes towards us just promoting Vegas Bad Boys. As you know, the internet is where it is where it's at, so we put all our dollars behind that, so more people can find the show and enjoy it like yourself. All right, so uh, we thank you for all that you do uh, in that matter. With that, we will see you guys next week. A lot of wrestling is going to be going on. Uh, Don't forget, uh, not only local here in Vegas, but you got the Impact Wrestling Show on Saturday, and you got uh, WWE's Backlash, WrestleMania Backlash on Sunday. So a lot's going to be going on, and uh, we'll talk about it all next week. All right, till then, peace. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.